Hey everybody, welcome to the uh, Paranormal Peeps. It's a brand new podcast for all you fun-loving folks out there. And uh, yeah, welcome for being, thanks for being here first of all. So congratulations. Everybody, yes, you all found us. Um, so first of all, what are we about? Well, obviously by the name you should have figured out that we're about a show mostly about the paranormal. Although we will talk about several different other topics. Um, mostly stuff that's creepy though. Cryptids. You know, ghosts, we're all into ghosts, um, hor- horrifying places, experiences, you name it, we're going to try to cover all of it in one episode. Okay, everybody doesn't want to cover one episode, I'm getting stares like no, so we'll, we'll, we'll try to space it out. But first of all, let's introduce who we are, who are your peeps? So we'll just go around uh, here, first of all, I'm going to say my name is Mike, I'm uh, one of your, uh, your peeps, your new friends. Uh, going around the room uh, here from left to right, we'll go to Josh, and then we have Jamie, Laura, Elisa, and Terry. She's my wife. <laughs> Terry's my wife. And Josh and Jamie are married too, so please keep your uh, making out to a minimum over there. We don't want to... You won't hear it, don't worry. <laughs> you, the microphones pick up everything. I'll mute them. So anyway... So, we wanted to, for our first show, we wanted to kind of introduce you to who we are, why we're doing this. Since we went left to right, let's go right to left this time. No, all right, we'll go back. We'll go left to right. (laughs) I'm not prepared. So, um, Josh, first of all, just tell tell us a little bit about what what are you willing to tell people about yourself? You don't have to give, you know, where you work or what you do if you don't want to. But before we get into the paranormal, just... Who are you? In my daytime life, I'm actually a software developer. Um, and in the nighttime, um, I am one of the, the leads um, of uh, the wonderful uh, CPR, which stands for Cold Spot Paranormal Research, um, as well as uh, one of the investigators for HOPE. And that is our... Um, home investigation branch so if you guys have issues that you guys want to come and investigate we'll come out and uh, check out your house for you he's also an underwear model but he's shy about that (laughs) it's in very small catalogs (laughs) all right so awesome jamie just a little bit about you okay well during the day i do uh data entry um and at night obviously i'm part of the different paranormal groups that we have here, and uh, something personal, I like to bake. <laughs> and she's really, really good at it, too. I'll vouch for that. Every time I've been here to her house, she's fed me. <laughs> so, bravo. Lara. Um, who am I in my daily life, or my just, just my normal life? about you. So, um, I'm newly unemployed. Thank you. It's not always a bad thing. <laughs> no, this was very, very good. Um, I am. Uh, I do psychic readings um, during the day, and at night I'm enjoying this new group that we've joined here, and um, looking forward to the future. But I'm a very busy mother, and that's about it. All right, Elisa. I am a mother during the day, all day, 
and then I have three little ones. And then I do nails also. I have a nail salon in my house. And now a part of this awesome, amazing group. I'm so excited. All right, and then Miss Texas. Just sorry, Terry. Texas. <laughs> well, during the day, I sleep. <laughs> I work a graveyard shift, so at night, um, basically in a nutshell, I put labels on poop. <laughs> I work for AREP Laboratories and work in their specimen processing department, and that's that's basically what I do in a nutshell. So, and then when I'm not working, I'm with these lovely, wonderful ghost hunting investigating people that this new team that I'm so excited to be joining. So, Awesome. She's the one that got me here. But my name is Mike. I am a blood donor recruiter. I also am into all things Scottish. I'm wearing a kilt as we speak, modeling it for you over the air, so just use your imagination. It's a really big kilt, though, because I'm kind of wide. Um, I'm also into sports. love hockey, love football. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of what we're about. And then, of course, as well, just like everybody else here, I am... Happy to be part of this new team. Actually, we we just formed within the last month. We've been talking about it for quite a while, but um, coming together and actually bringing it together and actually being part of, a, of an official team um, happened kind of recently. And we're we're excited. We got a lot of uh, great things in store for the team. We got a great things in store for a lot of you listeners. And uh, so we're gonna ask a little, just a little more of our getting to know yous. Uh, we, we wanted to talk about the, you know, the things that people always find out when they find out you're into the paranormal or into ghosts or anything like that. There are questions that people always ask. It's just like when you're a guy in a kilt, the first question everybody asks is, do you play bagpipes? And I say no. And then the next thing is, what are you wearing under there? Um, which the answers vary depending on the audience. Um, and we won't share those here because this is a paranormal show. But uh, so let's go around the room. So Josh. Tell us, what brought you into the paranormal? I mean, it's not like it's a normal thing that people just do. I mean, like lots of guys watch hockey, lots of guys watch football, baseball. What brought you into ghosts, man? Actually, it was my wife. Um, So I grew up, and I grew up in a very uh, Catholic um, upbringing. And I was told at a very young age that... um, there were evil spirits in the world, and if you ever saw one or came across one, you would die. And so I grew up terrified of ghosts. Didn't help that at a very young age, I also watched Poltergeist and some Friday the 13th movies. So needless to say, it was quite terrifying uh, for me. And so um, my wife got me in on our first investigation about three years ago, I think. Um, and, uh, once I realized it wasn't all jump scares and terrifying stuff, I actually started really enjoying it. Um, and then I've been hooked ever since. Right on. So we've been doing this about the same amount of time, about three years. Yeah, about the same amount of time, yeah. But I thought you were, like, way more experienced than I was. Well, you are, actually. But, you know, we all have our, our different scales there, so. Absolutely. All right, so, Jamie, what, besides, uh, your husband... What brought you into the paranormal? Like, have you been like a you know, lifelong ghost hunter since you were just like a wee lass? Or? No, not at all, actually. Uh, I remember being in about fourth grade. My brother came home with a library book on uh, ghosts and spirits. And I remember looking through it, reading it, seeing the pictures. And 
just having this fascination about it. Um, and I've, I've got like 20 books on it in my closet and I read all the time about the paranormal. Um, and you know, the questions what's after life, you know, what's in death, what happens and where spirits come from. So that's where my fascination started. So. All right, Lara. Um, I would say, so uh, I didn't really have an option. I've seen and heard spirit from a very, very young age. And so um, I was kind of forced into it. There was a lot of years um, that I kind of shut down and tried to ignore it because it was scary. I didn't know, you know how to process it or how to deal with it or what they wanted or why I was seeing what I was seeing or a part of what was going on that way. And so um, I shut it down uh, from a probably in my teenage years, just horrified of it early years. And then close to my teenage years, I shut it down. And then, um, as an adult, uh, just learned how to use it to help others and to, to, uh, explore, like you say, like what, what life's about and why, why they're there, why they're, you know, reaching out to me or whatever. So just not really an option, just at a young age was forced into it. But what made you want to like and start investigating it and like seeking it out? Um, I would I would say just seeking answers. Like why are they there? How can I help them not be there? Not because you know the ones that are miserable and in you know turmoil. You want to help them move on or tell their story or or whatever. And so that's kind of if they're if if they're there and I've got the gift, I want to use it to help them move on. Well, it's so generous of you. <laughs> All right, Elisa. Your turn. I love you, Lisa. Um, for me, it was kind of the same thing as Laura. Is I was, I think I was two when I remember my very first paranormal experience. And that happened until I was probably like five. I would see things all the time. But they were never like positive things. They were always negative. Everything I saw was negative. And then from like age five or six until teenage years, I mean, well, I guess pretty much till now is more just like sensing where they are and because I can't see them anymore really it's just I can just sense where they are and all that stuff and then during my teenage years I had sleep paralysis like every night it was almost every night and so with that it was I was terrified absolutely terrified so for me I have and I've had like experiences throughout that time where I have seen things, but it's not like it was when I was little. It was just every once in a great while. So when the opportunity arose for me to be investigating and stuff, I started doing like the chunga hunts and, and that, and that made it so I wasn't so afraid or so scared and that I could get more, um, confident in what I was dealing with. And so I didn't have to be afraid anymore and so it was really such a relief to be able to figure this out awesome and terry your turn i don't even know what, what to say you in here? um i don't i i grew up with it a lot when i was younger because my aunt um was a medium and used to do readings and stuff so i always hear stories from her and uh I remember going over to her house and seeing the Ouija board in her closet and always really scared that she had a Ouija board in her house. Um, never had any personal experiences using a Ouija board. We don't play with those. but um, And then just like 
hearing her stories and then there were things that I used to hear when I was little, not quite sure what the things were that I was hearing, but then that went away. But I always just had a fascination. I always read all the books about the ghosts. I always wanted to go on the ghost investigations, but I had a husband that would never go on them with me. What a butthead. (laughs) We had an incredible opportunity one time, and he didn't want to do it. But anyways, and so eventually what pushed us over into actually getting into the investigating and everything was we had a daughter. And our daughter, um, when she was young, used to have night terrors, and the things that she would see and the things that she would say really made us question a lot of what could possibly be there and so as she got older and more things started happening that's what kind of pushed us into into the investigating to learn how to protect her and take care of her so that's yeah that's me in a nutshell i think <laughs> wow, your husband sounds like a total <laughs> reject so I'm, I'm here because of my wife carrie <laughs> I'm hopefully not as rejectful as I used to be. Um, I'm, I'm proof that somebody can change. So up until about three years ago, anything ghosts, anything paranormal scared the crap out of me. I like uh, would watch movies, and if I, if I was brave enough to watch a movie, I didn't want to talk about it. Uh, she can tell you, we watched uh, The Conjuring, right? And we went to bed, and she wanted to talk about it. All the lights are off in the house. We're laying there in bed, and I'm looking at the doorway because we sleep with the bedroom door open, and I'm waiting to see the shadow move in the doorway. Uh, the movie Paranormal Activity messed me up. Um, just all these things, just not my thing, right? And uh, eventually, uh, she, she because she, she said she works graveyards, uh, she listens to a lot of podcasts, and she said, you know, there's this podcast you should listen to. These guys talk about them. They were talking about a movie, uh, Paranormal Activity, on the show. And she says, and their uh, the other thing about it is their LDS too. Which uh, for those of you, I'm, I'm LDS, uh, Church of Jesus Christ Latter Day Saints. Um, they said the the way they explain things is something a way that you can understand, and a way that it's a little bit less frightening. And so it was really it drew me in, and I just started having more and more questions. And because I could understand, you know, there's there's lots of people out there that just say all kinds of weird, crazy things that are just kind of turn me off, but. For some reason, because the way that they spoke and the way they explained things, I understood it. And I had more questions. And I became more and more fascinated. And then she's like, I want to go. There was a friend of ours. uh, He's now a friend anyway. He uh, was a medium. And he was doing a group reading. And she's like, I really want to go out to uh, the Benson Gristmill. That's out in Stansbury, Utah. I want to go out and do a a public reading with with him. And I said, yeah, me too. I want to go. And probably it floored her. She was super shocked. It was supposed to be a girls' night, and you took it away from me. <laughs> That's the story of my life. I, I ruined everything. But, um, so, she did allow it to happen, allowed me to come, break up the girls' night. And it was really interesting. And so, and then there was a little mini investigation with it. And it just, that's kind of what brought me here. And then... Uh, you know, through asking more and more questions, and I found the more I learned, the more questions I had. But the more I understood, the less afraid I was. And that's what I, I want people to know about the paranormal: is the more you understand, the less scary it tends to be. Doesn't mean that you're not ever scared, because if you're not scared, then this is just no fun to do anyway. But it's uh, like I said; they 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 always say, you know, you fear what you don't understand. And so, the more I, I come to learn and understand then uh, 
the more I'm fascinated and the more questions I tend to ask. So that's kind of me and how I got here. I, I got to give all the credit to my wife, though. If it wasn't for her kind of uh, suggesting it, I wouldn't even be doing this. I'd still be home, like, too afraid to watch Ghost Adventures. So um, next question that people like to ask uh, when they find out that you are a paranormal investigator or a ghost hunter or whatever you want to call it, that you're into this stuff is what is the scariest thing you've ever saw or the coolest thing you've ever seen? It's the most, you know, the craziest thing that you've ever seen. Josh? Um, you know, it, it's kind of funny because I don't find a whole lot of this actually scary. Um, you would think sitting in the dark. Did you ever though? Used to. And my first time, the first time I went on an investigation, I was terrified. Um, because a little other known fact is up until about three years ago, I was also scared of the dark. Really? And, yeah. And so being 39 and scared of the dark, you know, it's like a little weird, almost a little ashamed and like embarrassing at first. But what I would do is I, I when I go into a dark room, I'd open the door. Slide my hand around the corner, touch the, the light switch, turn it on, and then I'd enter the room. Were you always afraid when you reached your hand in there that somebody else's hand was going to touch yours? Horribly terrified. Right? The other thing that scared, th scared me to death was looking in a mirror in the dark. Which, now, doesn't bother me at all. But I was always terrified that there was something there. Um... That wasn't me, you know. And maybe that's just the whole Bloody Mary um, thing we, we learned as kids. And But I was never even brave enough to do that. So, um, but I have two scenarios or two things that happened to me that were... One was terrifying in a sense because there was somebody else there that, it, that didn't experience it. Um, so I used to work um, in this little sub shop. In Minnesota and it was definitely haunted um, I had heard little girls playing it's nine o'clock at night there's no little girls out there plus it was an industrial area so like let's their little kids play in the dark uh, by the railroad tracks probably nobody um, but this gentleman came in he started ordering I can't even remember what he ordered but all of a sudden I got this fuzzy sound in my ears so you know like, when you like change a radio station and get that kind of staticky fuzz so that's what I started hearing couldn't hear him anymore talking because see his lips moving and then I heard a busy restaurant glasses clinking silverware chatter the whole nine and then it faded out and the guy kept talking he's like he didn't hear it I heard it and it's like um yeah, that's a little terrifying. Um, and that was before I even started investigating. I was much younger, uh, just out of high school. But investigating, the scariest thing that's ever happened is we were over, um, we were doing an investigation down in Eureka. We're at the bank building. I don't know if, uh, if any of you guys have seen the bank building. We're in this back room, and one of the investigators uh, that we were with was like, Sometimes there's a spirit that lives in, the, like, likes to, likes to hang out in this closet. And so she opened the door. And you couldn't see anything. Nothing, like, jumped out at you. Although what I felt 
was this, I don't know, almost like an energy rush out. And I'm not a small guy, and I'm sitting up against the wall, and I wanted to crawl backwards through the wall. And so it was terrifying in a sense of, of being scared and not knowing what was going on. But it wasn't like, you know, something reaching out and grabbing you. But that was, that's probably been the scariest thing, and it's, it's hard to explain. I find that a lot of times that when you're talking about the paranormal, it is hard to explain because it's it's something that is not normal. I think that's what paranormal means, right? It's something that is exactly. not typically seen as normal. So it's hard to explain things that people just don't automatically, you know, like I can describe what licorice tastes like because most people can relate and go, ah, licorice. I say that because we've got red vines on the table. You guys are homer all so jealous right now. Twizzlers are better. <laughs> that's debatable. But... Um, that being said, when you haven't seen it or experienced it, or you know, it's hard to, to comprehend, and so it's really hard to explain to people. So it, it is. I, I totally get you there, Josh. So Jamie, tell us about what is like either since you or before you were investigating, or even since uh, you've started uh, being uh, investigating the paranormal. What is like the the scariest thing that you have ever seen, or the craziest thing you've ever seen? Mine borders more on cool. I was 16. Uh, my grandparents had went out of town for the weekend and wanted me to watch their place. Now, they live kind of out in the middle of nowhere on five acres. So I remember I was really nervous about staying there without anybody else. And I went out and I locked the gates in the you know upper and lower driveway. I remember I set up kind of camp downstairs in the basement. I turned on the floodlights. I turned on the big projection TV. And I just remember being very scared of being there by myself. No neighbors in sight. So I lay down on the couch and I eventually fell asleep. I kind of awoke with a start and I sat up. And as I sat up really uh, quickly on the couch, uh, I hit the back of my hand on the coffee table corner and I left a mark on the top of my hand, like a little cut. And there was this woman and she was standing by the recliner that was kind of next to the couch and she was just staring at me and she was in Victorian gown, a hat and had like a parasol. And I heard her start talking to me, but her mouth wasn't moving, but I could hear her in my head. And she just, she said that she was there. She knew I was nervous about staying there on my own and I was frightened. And she was there just to watch over me and to make sure I was okay. And she told me to lie back down and go to sleep, and which I did, because I felt like this sense of just calmness wash right over me. And I went back to sleep and the next morning when I woke up, I thought, well, that was a really vivid dream, but it was a nice one, but I had that mark across the top of my hand. Now, interestingly enough, my grandma has a Victorian room downstairs, and she has like an old mannequin, and this old mannequin has this dress on it, this old Victorian dress, and it was the exact same dress that the woman was wearing in my dream or my experience, whichever it was, but her hair was different and everything. Uh, so I, I can't help but wonder, is it, is it like this woman who maybe once owned that dress? So, yeah, it was pretty neat. But my brother to this day still thinks that, you know, my imagination that the mannequin walked out of the room and came and talked to me. So he thinks I'm crazy. Well, we're all just a little bit crazy. Just a little. But, no, that's that's awesome. And and it's, it's funny that people don't believe you either. A lot of things I, I, I would tell people. And there's like, whatever. 
and they don't want to, and they don't want to, and they don't want to hear about it. And I'm like, (laughs) okay, well, back to whatever, (laughs) you know, uh, Laura. Okay. Repeat the question. So what's like the craziest thing or the scariest thing that you've, uh, you've seen or witnessed as either pre or just as a paranormal investigator? Um, okay. I'm assuming you get asked that, right? Yeah. Oh, that's the craziest thing you've ever seen. Yeah. And I have a hard time with this because there's, I mean, obviously having seen spirits your whole life, you see a lot of things as a child that it's hard to, like when you start seeing spirits or you start noticing that you're seeing things that aren't real, it's just scary. But one of the most memorable things, and I relayed the story quite often, uh, this would have been the late 70s, 1970s. Ooh, yeah. 70s. I was a young, You young just aged yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I did. Um, but you I'm, look really good, Laura. I look I good for 80. <laughs> you sound good for 80. Yeah. I'm hot. Um, anyway, so it was it was like the late 70s, and I was young. Um, and um, my cousin had died, and he had been close to our family um, and had spent a lot of time in our home and we went to the funeral and I remember not really knowing what death was or understanding what death was or why he was laying in this coffin and, and cold and not like responding to us. And I didn't understand the concept of death at the time. I that's, you know, that's kind of how young I was. And that night, as things were kind of explained to me and stuff, I I remember laying in bed just crying and I shared a a room with my sister who had gone to sleep really quickly when we, you know, went to bed. Um, But I just laid there and cried and cried and didn't, I was just sad, really, really sad. And I remember turning over in my bed and my cousin was in my room. And at first he was back by the curtains, which was a little ways away um, and standing up. And, And that was scary to me because I'd just been explained what death was and I hadn't had visitation from or seen somebody that I knew in life yet. And so it was a little, it was scary to me, but him, he stayed the whole night with me. Every time I opened my eyes, he was, he was there. And, um, as the night went on, he sat on my bed at the foot of, uh, you know, by my feet and communicated with me, um, without words, without moving his mouth. Um, and comforted me. And so that was, it ended up being cool. But at first it was like horrifying. I remember I kept closing my eyes thinking, he's going to be gone. It's not really him, you know? And every time I opened my eyes, it was still him. He was still there. So that that was a really cool experience for me. Crazy and horrifying. Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, Alisa, should you remember the question? The question is, what is the craziest thing or the scariest thing that you have seen or experienced in the paranormal? Probably for me, geez. I'm going to say when I was, I think I was like 14 or 15. Um, I was a dancer. I danced since I was three and I had gone and um, to San Francisco to dance for the 49ers halftime show. And while we were in our hotel, there was me and a girl that I danced with and her mom. And her and her mom shared a bed, and I had the other bed all by myself, and they were more towards the door on that bed, and I was the one closest to the window, and all by myself on that bed. And I don't know what time it was, 
it was late. They had been asleep for a long time. I had fallen asleep. But for me, because of me being able to sense where where spirits are or when a spirit enters the room, it wakes me up. And it's like an overload for me. It's like overstimulus for me. And so it wakes me up. And so I woke up and I instantly knew what was going on, that something was entering the room. And I turned over and I opened my eyes and I saw this man come through the door. He came, the door was closed and he walked right through that door. And I bet you he was probably seven foot. He was a huge guy. Um, Just, he didn't have a face, but he was just broad, really broad. And he was wearing like a black cloak and a black hat, like a top hat. And he came in and just started laughing. And it was this very scary laugh. Anyway, he came over and walked over to the side of my bed and just stood there and looked at me, even though I couldn't see his face, like there was no face really, but I knew he was like looking down on me and he told me that he would remember me and that he would come after me again. And that was terrifying because, and his voice was just so like, it just entered your soul, you know, like it was terrifying. And I have never forgotten that. Every time I go on an investigation that I think about that because I just remember I'm going to find you again, you know? And then he just turned around, walked back out and was laughing again. Like he was hilarious and he, he knew he got me. And then he walked right back out the door with the door closed. That was terrifying for me. I should start doing that to people. <laughs> just walk I was like, ah, I'll be back. I'm going to get you. Uh, Terry. Don't do that. Tell us in your own words. <laughs> um, honestly, I haven't had a whole lot of like scary stuff happen to me. That all happens before I'm there and after I leave. But um, one of the really neatest experiences that I had, um, it was, I can't remember how long ago it was, but it happened out at Benson Grist Mill. We were in the big mill all the way at the very top, and I was using my dousing rods talking to this teenage boy named Kevin. And he was a lot of fun to talk to, had a lot of energy, was answering our questions, was doing a really good job. And as I was standing there, all of a sudden, I felt this tug, this pull on my dousing rods. And I'd never had anybody ever pull or tug on them before. And then the energy, the electricity, like shot all the way up my arm and into my shoulders and caught me off guard. I wasn't really scared. I just wasn't prepared for it. And it was a feeling that I'd never felt before. And I was like, holy cow. He just pulled on my dousing rods. And for a while there, I was really nervous and scared to use the dousing rods afterwards because it was just, I wasn't used to feeling all that energy. Um, But I've gotten back to used to using them. They're one of my favorite tools. And we'll, I'm sure we'll eventually go over all the investigating tools on a later episode. But um, that's probably one of the coolest things that's ever happened to me. Yeah, that's awesome. And Kevin's a rock star. If you ever go out to Benson Grist Mill and you go up to the mill, top of the mill, ask for him. He's a, he's a, he's an awesome kid. Um, he is dead, by the way. Uh, well, he pulled on your dousing rods he did. after he, he pulled on mine. He pulled on him, and, and to me, the way I would I would describe it being is like if you ever see a fishing pole in the water, you know, that's just sitting out there, and all of a sudden a fish strikes it, and you get that little tip of the rod, and like you know that kind of a yank. Yeah, he was doing that to mine as well. And I'm like, that is so cool. Yeah, he kept doing it to yours and quit doing it to mine. Because I think he realized he it, knew he it scared, scared me. Yeah. And it really didn't scare me. It just caught me off guard. Like, I just I wasn't prepared for it. 
didn't know I was going to have that feeling that I felt. And, uh, but it was, it was really cool. Yeah. Really Marty, cool. Marty kept doing it just over and over and over and over. And I'm like, but there was a time when that would have scared, I would have crapped myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, for me, the, the, the scariest thing, and, I, and I've experienced a lot. I've been on a few more, uh, investigations. Um, you know, Terry's been home with the daughter for a lot of times. So I have a couple of more stories, but the, the, I think the thing that scared me the most, she was actually there for it happened when we were newlyweds, just moved into our house. We'd been married about two, little over two years, and we had just come home from church. We were uh, we were gonna have, you know have some lunch, change you know clothes, and just uh, relax for the rest of the day. And we, uh, I was in the restroom. She had uh, had was out in the kitchen, and she got the sense that something was in the other room. And, our, and the way that our kitchen and our living room are, are set up. There's a doorway kind of on each side. And so she started just kind of stepping in the other room just to see who's out there. And then just in time to feel like they went in the other room. And so like they were, she was chasing this energy. And you all know that that feeling with, I call it the spidey senses. When you can just tell, just even though you don't see it, you can tell that somebody just walked past you. Or you can tell that someone's behind you. So she had that where she was just constantly chasing this thing and it kind of started freaking her out. So she comes to the the hallway and sits down outside the bathroom door just like I'm not going to be out there anymore so I didn't want to be alone anymore. she didn't want to be alone <laughs> and she didn't want to come into the bathroom because that's where all the scary things happen but so uh, we uh, when I f- finished my business went out and uh, it was her her turn for the restroom and so uh, I went out and started making some tuna fish sandwiches and I'm sitting over here at the table and the actually sitting I'm standing at the counter and in our small little kitchen, to the off to the right, um, visualize this in your minds, right? So off to my right, I have a window, and we have vertical blinds. These are blinds that kind of hang from the top down, right? From this, and uh, you can twist them one way or the other. So we're standing there, and or I'm standing there, I'm making sandwiches, and all of a sudden, I hear a noise, like a crashing noise to my right, and over at the window, all the blinds, something hit the blinds with a lot of force to make all of them, you know, go flying and then start swinging back and forth. And I froze. And in fact, I don't know how long it was. She, she heard me go, what the heck? I think that's what I said. I might have sworn. It was what the heck or oh my gosh or it was something like that. I exclaimed in excitement. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and I came out and he's standing there white as a ghost and I can still see the blinds, the vertical blinds still swaying slightly because they got hit really hard. They got hit hard and all of a sudden we're like, nope, we're not staying here. Nope. I don't think we even finished making the sandwiches. I think we put the mayo in the fridge and we left. And we went to her parents' house, and we figured we'll just uh, we'll address this later, because right now we were scared to death. So we went out to her parents' house, and somehow we talked to her aunt, and her aunt, who she has said is a medium, and she said, oh, that's just uh, the guy that lived there before, and he was just there looking for his wife that we had bought the house from. And uh, so just go home and just tell him, hey, she's not here anymore, she's living in Oregon with her son, and... And everything should be okay. And so we got home, and we walked in the door. We're like, hey, Jim. We're... Harry. Well, I didn't know if we wanted to use his name. <laughs> he did, He's I don't, dead. I don't have a permission slip from him. It's like, hey, Perry, uh, Bernice isn't here. She's in Oregon with her son. And so if you're looking for her, that's where you, you can find her. 
Um, we're, we bought your house. We're happy to be here. And we never we didn't have anything um, happen with that again with him. But we did find out, though, uh, that same week, within those same couple of days, that that happened to us. She passed away in Oregon, which was really cool. Because there's a, there's a theory out there. Um, I don't know if how much theory it is or how much I totally buy into it. But that when you die, you know, usually one of your family members comes to kind of meet, greet you there. And you hear a lot of people talk about that, that they're, you know, as the, the veil gets thinner. And so we believe that, um, you know, that he was here looking for her to kind of help bring her to the other side and kind of irritated that, where's my wife? <laughs> so that was probably the scariest thing, I think. I have a whole bunch of scary experiences through life, but I think that's the, the number one that is obviously paranormal and obviously horrifying. And I have a witness to prove that I was... I mean, I'm, 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 if I hadn't gone to the bathroom first... I probably would have soiled myself right there, <laughs> but uh, but no. So the chambers were empty, so it was just the wide as a ghost. <laughs> All right. So our th- before we go to the, th- the third question, just to kind of a little more background on us. So you'll hear you heard Laura talk about how she can see things and and uh, whatnot. So just going around the room, just do you have any psychic gifts or 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 gifts that kind of help you investigate in your paranormal? This is a curveball one. They weren't expecting this question. So some people have gifts, some people don't. And so just to kind of help explain kind of who we are and, and why we see some of those things, uh, do, you, do you have any gifts that you know of or you're willing to share about? No, I, I really don't. Um, I think a lot of people have the ability to sense things that aren't there or that are there but are obviously um, not living. And so I, and there are times when I can pick up on those things and, and, and you know, know that they're there. Um, but you know, I, I couldn't tell you um, if it's a male or female or or human or inhuman. Um, so for me, I'm like the big tech guy. So I got all the fun gadgets and cameras. Josh has all the cool toys. I do. That's why we became friends with you, Josh. Really, <laughs> I knew it. No. <laughs> um, and so I I, I like those and. For, for two reasons. One, it it gives me something to look at and say, oh, that's really cool. You can see that. Um, and two, it's always nice when, because people don't always believe you. And so you're like, hey, look, see, there's a picture right there. And they're like, nah, it's just dust. But we know something might be something else. Could be. Jamie. So, I don't know. I've, I've, I've had experiences um does that mean I have any sort of gifts or anything? I don't know. I really don't. Um, I I don't know. <laughs> I don't think I do personally. But I think that the longer you kind of are in this field and... um Mike. You... <laughs> <laughs> you know you do. No, I don't. But... We all know you do. Do we need to point out a few examples then? No, we're good. This is supposed to be short, so back off. Let me finish. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't believe I do, but I believe that the longer that you're in this field and that you go to these places, I I do believe that your senses will become stronger and you're able to kind of sense when something's there or a certain energy. I could concur with that. I think... The more you do it, the more things you do pick up on. 
But some of us have like more of a head start though. Like Lara, for example. Lara, tell us about your head start. I have no gifts. Oh, Lara is full of crap. Lara is probably one of the more talented mediums that I have ever worked with. Oh, thank you, thank you. Years of experience. She is humble. <laughs> she is. She is humble. I'll give her that. But I well, and let me just go back by because I'm hearing Josh say I don't have any gifts, and I'm hearing Jamie say I don't have any gifts. But um, I'm of the belief that um, everybody has gifts. Um, there's some that will tell you that oh yeah, you're you're you have no gifts. I think everybody has gifts. Um, and I've seen and experienced Jamie's gifts and I've seen and experienced Josh's gifts, but it's not my place to necessarily, well, this, 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 you do this. It's a kind of a journey of experiencing and, and, um, finding, finding, but, um, yeah, obviously I see and talk to dead people. I see dead people. Um, do you see Bruce Willis? I, he's alive. He's not dead. <laughs> I don't see him. He's alive. Um, but um, I, I think also, like, I tend to have empathic type gifts as well. Always been able to walk into a room and just know what's going on. Um, things like that. But um, my kids have always told me they could never get away with anything because I catch, uh, you know, they tell me a lie. I know the truth. And that I think my kids were robbed. Of rowdy childhoods, but didn't stop them. But anyway, yeah, I just, I am very much, I just want to make sure I'm very much of the belief everybody has gifts. If you're told you don't have gifts, you close that door, you know, and you might believe it, you might come to believe it, but I'm, I'm not, I don't buy into that. We've seen several people that have claimed they don't have gifts, and then years later doing this, all of a sudden Mm -hmm. they can feel things, sense things, and do things that they couldn't before. Right. And then on the other hand, you do get a lot of people that we run into that say, yeah, I'm a medium. It's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah you're that's about as, rampant, isn't it? <laughs> you're about as, uh, having as many gifts as a box of rocks. Yeah. <laughs> so. Or those that, or those that say, yeah, I've, I've got this gift. And then the next week they have, they have a, a new compl- one, a new one that's com- completely on the other end of the spectrum. Yeah. We won't go into identifying <laughs> those people. <laughs> we, we won't point fingers. Terry just had water coming out of her nose. She... <laughs> All right, Elisa, tell us uh, in your own words, what kind of uh, what kind of gifts do you have, or that you notice you have? Or well, my my gifts are growing. So I would say learning and growing. <laughs> yeah. So it. Like I could see them when I was younger, but that door obviously closed. And so now the gifts that I just have are um, sensing where they are and male and female, you know, and every once in a while, like I'll see like an image in my mind of like what they look like and I can describe them or, you know, in my mind, I can kind of sense on, you know, their demeanor and what they're there for or good or bad. You know, that's that's more my extent of gifts. Okay. Terry! <laughs> I have no gifts. <laughs> I know. I don't. Okay. I have been told I have gifts, but I do not know what they are. <laughs> Still trying to learn and figure that out. Although, um, I have recently learned, confirmed that I am a shield. Um, so 
now learning this, it's something that I'd like to get more knowledge on, learn how to develop it more, learn how to work with it more. And maybe that's why nothing scary ever happens while I'm there. And it happens before I'm there and after I leave. <laughs> so by a shield, you mean kind of like Bella Swan, right? From Twilight, right? You have like a, exactly. a protective bubble. Exactly. So I'll confirm this I have too. no idea. I'm assuming so. <laughs> she, she, she does do this. As her husband, I can speak. Uh, I can confirm that. that A lot of stuff doesn't happen when she's there. It'll happen, like she said, before or just after. But... Uh, I think she's got other gifts too. I think she's a lot more sensitive than she allows herself to know. Um, there's things that uh, when we've been investigating that she'll pick up on and uh, just like she's always known it. Just very good educated guesses. Wow. <laughs> All right. For me, I am not a medium. I am a quadruple extra large, which does not carry any kind of psychic abilities with it. Um, as far as gifts, I don't think that personally I have the quite the the range. Some people, I guess, you could look at it uh, as like a fire hose, right? Or like a hose. Some people, like Lara, you know, from a young age, you know, getting the fire hose full beam right off the bat. For me, it's kind of like a slow drip um, at the end. But a leaky uh, faucet. A leaky faucet and just that annoying drip. I do have that gift of being annoying drip, just droning on. Uh, but I, I have been told by mediums and by other people that I don't have any gifts, um, just the gift of gab and being social, which is a gift. However, um, I think the, just like anybody can, everybody, like Laura, I like how Laura said everybody has spiritual gifts like that because um, this goes into some of my religious views, but we have, we have a spirit inside of us, right? And spirits don't have... Voices, mouths. Well, they do. I guess I take that back. But they communicate, you know, telepathically. And so, um, just like anybody, I can oftentimes feel when there's somebody there. And that's a gift. And it's not as strong as everybody else's. But I also have been told that I can tell when I'm being lied to. So that when I am investigating and I'm talking to a spirit and it says, I'm a male... And I'm like, are you sure? I think you might be a female. You know, that sort of a thing. Or when I think I'm talking to a little, you know, we, we were just talking to a little eight-year-old girl, and now it's like, I don't think this is the same person anymore. And so I've been told that. Um, I don't know how much I... I don't know. Um, I do really have a gift with dowsing rods, though. Um, with using them, I was really very... Uh, skittish of them at first, the first time, and someone showed me how to use them. I was like, all right, I'll try it. And then by the end of the night, I didn't want to give them back. And they just work really well for me. And so I now even make them. And uh, so if you want dowsing rods, reach out to us and we'll, uh, we'll get you all set up. But, Can I just add to this too? I want, please. I mean, looking back, Mike, we've been on a lot of investigations mm-hmm. together. How many times have I just come up to you and said, Mike, I just need to touch you? Mm-hmm. And I reach out and touch your arm. What kind of a gift do you think that is? Magnetism. Animal <laughs> magnetism. No. Everybody wants a little piece of Mikey. It's, it's like not. the same gift that a teddy bear has. Like you just want to like hug it. No, I just needed to touch him and I would be okay. Like whatever is Stroke attacking me wall. or. No, I think there's a very protection gift, you know, a gift centered around protection. Definitely. Grounding. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. All right. So our third question, we, we could go on all night, um, and but we won't. 
There are fourth questions because you question. added one in there. All right. The, the, the third pre-decided question is, where was your very first paranormal investigation? So we've all had these experiences. You know, we've talked about most of these experiences we talked about were all before we were investigating. So where was your very first paranormal investigation? And maybe even on just on where it was, but what was cool about it? Well, it's kind of interesting because my first official paranormal investigation has been on probably almost every paranormal investigator's bucket list ever. And it was Waverly Hill Sanitarium in Louisville, Kentucky. That was your first? That was my first. I did not know that. Like diving into the ocean when you don't know how to Gosh. swim. Yeah, exactly. You just jumped Beyond right the, into the deep end. Jumped right into the deep end. All of us. So, it's real funny because <clears throat> my wife found uh, this event ticket, um, and we're going to meet some. We we met some of the uh, bigger names in in uh, the paranormal world: um, Steve Gonzalez and Dustin Perry and uh, Josh Gates and John Zaffis. So. We met all of them um, in a little lecture thing uh, beforehand. But, yeah, that was the first one. And so I remember standing outside, and we were in these big groups. There's about 100 of us there. Um, and we're sending in these groups. and like, okay, you're going to start on, oh, I can't remember, third floor or something like that, or first floor. And uh, I was terrified. Um, one, afraid of the dark. And... There's no like there was no electricity in that building. There's no lights. And so it's like, wow, that's gonna be scary enough. Um, and then never having done it. And so we got in. Um, and yeah, it was it was like a love at first uh, investigation. Um, we went all over that building. Um, we were the last ones out. Like all of the cars, security left. And then we left. <laughs> You're so, lucky they didn't lock you in. You know, I don't think I would have minded <laughs> at all. <laughs> so what is it that like flipped to your switch? Like what, what made you change your mind on the whole thing? It's kind of like being an adrenaline junkie in a way. Because um, like, when you're inside and you're in the dark and you're, and you're talking and, and you know, trying to communicate with spirits, um, there's a bit of a rush that can kind of happen. Um, especially if something does happen. Um, and I wasn't sure what kind of, of evidence we would get um, out of that. Because the only thing we brought with us was a digital recorder. That was it. And a flashlight. Oh, and a flashlight. We each had a flashlight. Just so, just so you wouldn't trip and fall down the many, many stairs in the building. Um, or go down or trip down the death tunnel. Um, but... Yeah, it was it was it was really neat. We met a lot of neat people. Uh, we hung out with some people down in the bottom of the death tunnel. That was me. <laughs> <laughs> it was a ghost in the death tunnel. Sorry. It hit the little the little I'm gonna be honest with you. We're so we're at Josh and Jamie's house and they have this snack trolley this cart that's just chuck full of goodies and it's so hard to she not should, we'll have to post a picture she's got so much candy over there it's delicious she was trying to quietly open a uh, a piece of chocolate for me <laughs> sorry josh no continue sorry. um but yeah that was 
that was the first place. Um, and we spent, I think it was only four hours. Uh, or maybe it was two hours. Oh, it was longer than that. It was about four. Yeah, so about four hours in there. Um, we traced all around uh, that building. We ended up on five and whatnot. And so um, in one of our later episodes, we will do a, a whole uh, spiel on Waverly Hills. And you will hear some of the clearest and longest EVPs um, I've ever heard. Like an hour-long EVP? <laughs> about two full sentences. Ooh, that's pretty long. Yeah, In the world of EVPs, that's, that's like an eternity. A reason to come back and listen later. Absolutely. All right, Jamie, what was the first place that you ever investigated? Well, like Josh said, uh, first official investigation was a big one, none other than Waverly Hills in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, I remember I had to really talk him into that one. Uh, he was kind of against it from the get-go. I pretty much begged and pleaded, and when he says, okay, I bought the tickets, so there was no turning back. And, yeah, I remember driving up and seeing the building, and, you know, pictures and video do not do it justice, but in person, it's just far greater than what you can even imagine. And I know he was nervous and scared, and as we're gathering in our groups outside of the building, and who's going to go with what investigator? And I think we got Steve Gonzalez. Yeah. Uh, so oh, down on the first. so lucky. It was amazing. But, I mean, I was ready to crawl outside of the building and just go through one of the windows. I wanted in so bad I couldn't wait. So you're sitting there. You're excited to get in, and you can't wait to get in. And Josh is over here going, oh, shit, what did I do? <laughs> exactly. He's like, I'm not so sure about this. And I'm like, We are not on the explicit list. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> But yeah, so we got in. It was amazing. I just remember wanting to go through every nook and cranny of that building. And it is so humongous that you just, you can't. Not, not in four hours. You just cannot. But, you know, um, in fact, you know, my go-to investigation tool is the dowsing rods. And we were, when he had mentioned that we were down there with a couple other uh, investigators, uh, it was these two older women and they pulled out dowsing rods. And that's where my fascination kind of began. And in fact, Mike, you were the one that kind of gave me pointers the first time I ever used them at Fort Douglas Military Museum. Awesome. And I haven't looked back since, but yeah, amazing place, Waverly Hills, and I can't wait to go back. (laughs) What do you remember about the feeling of that place when we were there? Feeling? Yeah. I don't know. I was so excited. I couldn't even hardly stand it. I meant the building, the property itself. (sighs) Um, Heavy. Definitely, there's that heaviness to it. A um, lot of death. I think just going there, like knowing that I'm going to be there that afternoon, I would be carrying that heaviness. Absolutely. All it's like that place. So, I mean, we're planning on going there in the next couple of years as a, as a group. And I'll be honest, right now, I still am nervous about it. Are you? <laughs> Asylums oh, and so hospitals excited. and prisons, which are all the cool places that uh, this team's going to go. It's going to be amazing. Are all the places. Castles. Which... Yes. I'll be honest, I'm a little nervous about it. It's not like you're going and investigating Grandma's house. So, In a way, for me, I mean, because we went back in 2019, Josh and I did, um, with my sister Nicole and my brother and then my dad. And it was amazing, but I remember getting back in the building and thinking, I feel like I'm home. Wow. It was weird. It was weird, but I felt like I was coming home. Like a, it was like a somewhere in time type of a, of a it, feeling? Exactly. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy! That's like the movie House on Haunted Hill or something, where the girl goes to investigate and, or not investigate, but to be a part of this group 
about sleep, and he ends up being a, a study about hauntings, and it was like her great great grandmother's oh, house or, or or like the it's not it's not oh, it's not house on haunted hill but it's, it's not house on haunted hill I just saw it for sale at Walmart, and I was like, I remember <laughs> like that the movie. haunting. I think it's just called something. The Haunting, actually. Yeah, I think it's just, just The Haunting. Yeah. But, yeah, it's where she comes home. No, or, anything. or here's just another theory. So there's the other one that was at The Others that has Nicole Kidman. Yes. yes. Yeah, maybe you're already dead. <laughs> well, that's a cheery and... thought. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're poking her. She's, like, she's still there. Okay. The so, Lara, tell us, what was the first place that you ever investigated? Like investigated, uh, legally. No, no, I don't have to be legally. What's the first place you investigated? We're already giving your address, so they can't come get you now. But. Good. Okay. Um, well, I was fortunate enough, and I did not investigate here, but I just got to drop this little bomb. I have been, you know, in Israel and in Egypt, and there is a lot of things over there that were cool. I was not investigating there. The first, probably official, like go. With equipment and stuff like that would be a cemetery. I won't say which one. Um, in Utah County that um, we did get caught. But I worked for the city. So we got off. Um, but there was some cool stuff there. And it was um, my oldest child who was an adult at the time. And a few other people. So you always take flowers with you when you investigate at a cemetery in the middle of the night. So yeah, so that they so that they say, "What are you guys doing?" He's like, "I just came to visit my grandma, um, Beverly." Yes, right here. I'm putting flowers on her grave. She died at three o'clock in the morning, she, so I just she, wanted to come. And- she died. She's my grandmother. But she- We're commemorating the exact moment of yeah. her death. She died. Oh, 50, seventy years ago. Maybe she's not. Maybe she's like, did I say grandma? Great grandma. See how good of a smooth talker you are in the middle of the night. As far as with the group, though, probably the first place I did was Leslie's family family tree down in Santa Quinn. Santa Quinn, yeah. Yeah, as far as an official group. Awesome. Alisa! So mine was for one of the Chunga hunts. and Tell us what a Chunga hunt is really quick, for those who don't know. So Chunga, he would do these hunts these public hunts, public investigations where you buy a ticket and you can participate in a hunt and you, se- you separate into these groups and you go and investigate all the different areas of the building that you're in. And so, yeah, he would just talk about his chunga hunts and that you where you can go buy your tickets. And so he was a radio host back in the day. So where at? Uh, girl, I don't know. Salt Lake, Salt Lake City, Utah. <laughs> now he's got an awesome What's podcast. What's his mother's name? His mother's maiden name? I don't know. His social security number. Did you have a crush on him? No, I'm just kidding. Oh my gosh, no. <laughs> so, um, anyway, uh, what's that place called? What's that theater again? Off Broadway. Off Broadway. Okay. That's the thing about me. I don't remember the names at all. I, it's horrible. I just don't remember the names. Anyway, so Off-Broadway Theater. I think that was my first chunk of hunt. And it was so amazing because down um, underneath the stage, we went we went underneath. And thanks. You're ruining my flow. I'm sorry. <laughs> I've got this thing right between my legs and I can't. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's too much information. <laughs> it's, it's the clamp. 
<laughs> that, that holds the boom on the table. Too much information. <laughs> Family friendly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Where am I at? Should I start over? You were off Broadway, huh? Okay, so so we went under the stage, and I was with probably five other people, and we asked if the the spirit that was there that we had heard had haunted that area would speak up, and you hear we all heard it audibly. We all heard, "I'm here," or "It was me." I think she said, "It was me." And so we all turned in the direction of where she was at, but there was nothing there. And I kind of was like, because we're all like crunched underneath the stage. Like it's, it's short. It's not like you can stand up in it. It's short. So we're all scrunched under there. And I was honestly thinking I was going to see some like girl like creeping out from <laughs> the corner, but we couldn't see anything. And then I was super excited because I wanted to prove to my husband that I caught something on my recorder. But I got home and it wasn't on my recorder and nobody caught it on any of their recordings either. It was just a whole nother frequency that none of us caught. It was, like it was a such ghost. a bummer. Yes. Awesome. Terry, first place you ever re uh, yes. investigated. Elisa, we could have gotten to know each other so much sooner. You know how many chunga hunts I tried to go on? I wouldn't let her. I, I didn't want to go because I was scared. <laughs> I tried to go on all the Chunga hunts, but never got to go on any of them. Um, my official investigation was at Benson Gristmill. That night we did a group reading and then the short investigation afterwards. Um, there was only one, two, three, four, five, seven of us there. Very small group. We had all of Benson to ourselves. Um, we got a lot of, got some knocks, got a lot of flashlight play. Um, we heard. Our names through the Echo Vox. Is that what he had? I have no idea. You don't even remember. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember much at all happening at that place. Um, there wasn't a whole lot of like amazing things that happened, but there was a couple little things that intrigued us to go back on a second investigation. So, but, yeah, there was a lot of other places I would have done first, but I couldn't go. I wouldn't go by myself. She'll never let me forgive <laughs> or forget. So for me, it was the same. It was the uh, the Benson Grismill. And I uh, I don't remember a lot happening. In fact, I was really disappointed. And then we did it again with another group that invited us out. Uh, and not a lot happened. And we drove away going, this is stupid. Uh, you know, we're, I, I didn't, we didn't think we'd ever go back again. So... Other than those, and because Terry already talked about Benson, so I'm going to say my first place I ever investigated it was actually a residential visit with a uh, that that same team. In fact, they later asked me to join the team, but uh, this was kind of a pre, uh, maybe it was like an audition type of a thing. And uh, so one of the coolest things that happened at this house is there was a portal in a doorway, and uh, one of the team at Mediums was going to close the portal, and she put this little obsidian ball on the on top of that portal in the doorway. And it was probably like the size of a softball. It was a pretty big, pretty big ball. And the thing started rolling around as the way that the portal was, was kind of swirling. And it rolled around in a circle. You know, nobody's touching it. It's rolling around in this circle, about a 15 to 18 inch wide circle. 
And then as she was working on closing it, closing that portal, the the, the, uh, the roll got tighter and tighter until it finally came to a stop. And uh, that was one of the coolest things I think I've ever seen. And after that, I was hooked. And so, other than the Benson Gristmill, which turned out to be a big nothing burger the first the first couple times for me, um, that would be my first one was that residential investigation. Why did you decide to go back, though? If the first two were so boring and nothing there, why did you even decide to go on the third one? That's a great question. So I, I had told them, uh, these people, you know, I, was, I mean, I wasn't part of the, their team at that point, but uh, they, on their uh, their podcast that they'd had, they were talking about how they needed to go back to this place and close this portal, but that she needed more priesthood to go with her. And I was like, well, I don't know anything about ghosts, but I do hold the priesthood and I can totally come and uh, help out with that, you know, if it's something something like that. And so they said, hey, yeah, come on, let's go. And it was upon that invitation that I went not thinking I was going to see something like that. But it also shows that if you go on investigation twice and have nothing, but if you go back and remember, my best experience happened at Best and Grist. So you have some nights where it's just on and some nights where it's just off. Totally, totally. So, well, that's uh, a lot of questions. We've been going for over an hour now. So let's... Uh, just kind of a closing week. So let's tell us a little about Josh. What about our team? Who, who are we? Where can they find us? Where can they find out more information about us? What we do? Talk about the team. So we actually have um, two uh, separate but equal uh, teams, and so everyone that's been talking tonight, we are uh, together on a team called Hope, um, so which stands for Heart of Paranormal Experiences. Uh, part of the residential uh, investigation team. So if you guys are having issues um, in your house, um, you can go to our website. It's called paranormalhope.com. There's a little questionnaire on there. You can fill it out. Um, There's also a phone number. You can call us. We'll get back to you. And uh, we'll get the time set up, and we'll come in and take a look at what's going on. We just don't want anybody to live in fear, because there's no point living in fear. There, There isn't. There's... Most of the time, at least I think from most of our experiences, um, entities that are in someone's house, they're not usually um, malicious in nature. Some of them just want to be heard. Um, And so it's like taking that veil away. So, you know, you're always scared of what you don't know. And so once you find out that, you know, it's really just grandma coming to say hi, it's no longer scary anymore. And this is something we do. It's no cost to you. It, it, we don't charge people to come out to their house. It's kind of like we have experience with things to where, um, you know, if I have knowledge and understanding of something and I can come help shed some light on something, it's not fair for me to exploit uh, anybody. And to, I just share that because we want everybody to understand. We like to educate folks. And like I said, nobody should live in fear. And so it's something that we just do as a service. If you have uh, something going on, it's creeping you out. Let us know. We'll, we'll come check it out. Absolutely. Um, and then we also have um, our more public-facing uh, view of the world. Um, so we have, it's called CPR, stands for Cold Spot Paranormal Research. We have a YouTube channel, check us out. Um, right now we have three videos on there, and so that's a little bit not exciting at the moment. That group uh, includes the six of us around the table net tonight. Also includes Stacy um, and then Cole. Um, and they're also members of CPR as well. 
um, we will go out and we'll go gallivanting across the country, going to those haunted locations, finding out what's there. Also giving a good rep- a history of what the location is. Um, so we've been to like Lava Hot Springs, we've been to Fort Douglas, um, been to Merker Cemetery, we've been to um, Old Montana State Prison. So um, that was a 12 hour investigation. Um, but you can find us online as well. Um, it's at paranormalcpr.com. So paranormalcpr.com, not not paranormal.cpr, so paranormalcpr.com. That's correct. And then paranormalhope.com if you uh, want to check out our residential sites. And then are we also are we on Facebook? Jamie, tell us about tell us about where we are, where you can find us on Facebook. <laughs> yes, we do uh, have the CPR uh, Facebook page. Um, it's a private group, so just send us a member request. We'll get you approved. But we uh, post articles there. Uh, sometimes we'll post EVPs that we've caught, uh, upcoming events or investigations that we are going on. Um, so there's and just a lot of fun stuff. So conversations, you know, it's all good. All right. Anywhere else we can find we can be found? Uh, those We're on are the, the, the book of faces. Are we? Do we have a MySpace page? Oh, wow. No. <laughs> we had one Tinder. Really In- Instagram. <laughs> Tinder for Lara. <laughs> Twitter sphere. Okay. But one, one more thing. Um, as Josh was mentioning, uh, our other members that couldn't be there, there's, of course, Stacy, my brother, uh, my sister, Nicole. Um, I also wanted to mention my dad, who was one of our first members. Um, he recently passed back um, in October of 2020. So... But, um, in fact, our... What's uh, his name? uh, Larry. So, yeah. I just wanted to put that out there because I I promised him um, that we would keep going with this and we would see it through. And so, yeah. Love it. Awesome. Well, everybody, we're going to let you guys go because we've been tying up your, your phone or wherever you're listening on for a long time. And I'm sure you all got to get back to work. But we really appreciate you listening. This has been our first episode. Check back. We're going to try to drop a new show about every two weeks or so. Uh, be patient with us. Uh, we'll learn things. Maybe we'll, if the audio needs better. And if you have different questions that you want us to, to ask us, please reach out to us and let us know. Um, you know, Josh and Jamie, just hold us where you can find us. Um, but if you have questions, if you have topics or something you want to talk about us to talk about, or if there's uh, any feedback you have that's positive and constructive... Um, then we'd love to hear it. If you don't have anything positive or constructive to say, then just keep it to yourself. Uh, You'll hurt my feel-bads. Yeah. But uh, anyway, we want to thank you all for coming out. Uh, hope you guys have a great night, and uh, hope to see you on a paranormal investigation soon. Thank you for listening to the Paranormal Peeps Podcast. You can find us on social media at Twitter at CPR Paranormal, on Facebook at Paranormal Peeps Podcast and Cold Spot Paranormal Research. And you can find us on Instagram at Cold Spot underscore Paranormal underscore Research.